you realize that you've been going too hard in life when the emergency room is a break. <laughs> like, I got to rest. No. People waited on me. I had jello on command. I had never been pushed in a wheelchair before. That's delightful. Welcome to the Holy Mess Podcast. If you think you're a mess, you are not alone. We talk about the things of life that are messy, but through a lens of faith. And we always try to find hope in the midst of it. I'm Joy. I'm Becca. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about how someone in our life ended up in the hospital. It's not who you think. Joy accidentally found out that she's doing something major at an NBA game. We're going to cover imposter syndrome. It's something we all struggle with and share some good news coming out of you. But first, a little business to attend to from our past podcasts. The last regular episode that we did, I talked about how my first meeting with the president of our company went terribly. I had passed gas. It was this whole ordeal. And Joy actually got a text from him. Apparently, he listens to our podcast. I literally died. He was texting me, which I was excited about anyways, because he's like the new prez. It's like big deal. And this is what he said. Um, Please tell Becca. I didn't smell anything when we first met. (laughs) He said, although I did notice her go hard for my elbow right past my attempt for a fist bump, but he used a winky face emoji. And I was like, first of all, I don't know. I need to know how you're feeling, because if I found out that someone knew I farted around them, I think I'd have to leave this country. I feel better. I feel better because now I know that we've just cleared the air literally and (laughs) metaphorically. And you know what? Now he for sure will never forget me. And if you haven't heard the whole story, it was from our episode five, how not to make a good first impression. You need to hear If you want to recap on that. Okay. Second order of business. Uh, The schedule got a little messed up because my husband and I were in Cleveland Clinic. That was a planned trip. But then while we were there, Joey ended up in the hospital and we ended up having to be there a lot longer than uh, was planned. Next week, we are going to do a specialty podcast on Joey's story. And I'll go into more detail about this. But basically, we have decided not to go forward with organ transplant, which is why we took this trip in the first place. Yeah. And I just found this out like an hour ago. I really am in shock of all of it. But I know it's a more... You said it's a more nuanced conversation because it creates more questions always. So people need the whole story. So I think I might um, I might share something on social media this week. And then if you have any questions, please email us holymess at wayfm.com. Yeah, we can address it next week. We can address some of those questions next week. If you're like, what is wrong with that boy? Mm-hmm. Ask that question. We'll address it. Well, it'll take a, it's a 20 minute answer yes. that's coming in a podcast. So holy mess at wayfm.com. On to our messy moments of the week. Unrelated to that hospital stay, I ended up in the ER. Seriously, <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. I, Becca, you go away uh, for, it ended up being two weeks yep. you were gone, right? Two weeks. Her husband's in the hospital. She comes back, does a, I just want to brag on my girl, a killer job. We had a big fundraiser that we had to do on the air. I don't know how Becca does it. And then you wrap up the fundraiser. You deserve to rest. You deserve to sleep. Tell them what happened to you. I have a history of ovarian cysts and one came up during support drive and then got even worse over the weekend. So I ended up in the emergency room one Sunday night. It was such bad pain. But this is the part that I I feel like is probably relatable to a lot of people. Sometimes you realize that you've been going too hard in life when the emergency room is a break. <laughs> like, 
I got to rest. No. People waited on me. I had Jello on command. I had never been pushed in a wheelchair before. That's delightful. It, it is. I. Like I didn't, get to, I didn't get to enjoy it after I had my baby, but it's pretty nice. It is pretty nice. <laughs> but I I was a terrible ER patient because they'd come by and they'd be like, okay, what's your pain score? You're supposed to say on a scale of one yes. to ten. And I'm like, well, if I sit really still, it's a four. They're like, that's not the point. And I'm like, well, I, I don't want to complain. And they're you like, want me to move? You're in the emergency room. You can complain. Do you think that that's skewed for you because your husband's there so often oh, yes. and you've seen the amount of pain he's been through. So you're like, this is nothing. Absolutely. At one point, I offered him the bed. I was like, I'll sit in the chair. <laughs> You, do you want to lie down for a minute, babe? Like, I, I can, I'll sit in the chair. It's fine. And he's like, Rebecca. <laughs> so <laughs> I, they come in and you're in the chair and your husband's in the bed. And you're like, he needed it more. He needed it. <laughs> so the emergency room, while not planned and while, oh, you know, when someone oh. says, oh, I went to the emergency room, you're like, what? It, it taught me a lot about how I still am terrible at self-care and how I need to come a lot further. A, talking about when I have pain and maybe resting when pain oh, comes. Well, you can't when work's I know. crazy like it just was. Also, I need to tell you, Becca came into work the next morning. I, I did. didn't even know. I saw her and I thought all was like happy-go-lucky. And then the next day she was like, oh yeah, I was in the ER on Sunday night. I was like, girl, <laughs> please. I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you. Can you take some time off soon? I hope so. Uh, yes. I Maybe. I don't know. People need me. I'm behind. That's I a no. Know. We're going to work on this I, together. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. uh, let me just say that I am so excited about Joy's messy moment of the week because I was actually there when she got the news. I literally haven't talked about this anywhere or with really anyone because I don't want this information to be true, but it is. I I don't know. Should I just tell them what it is or should I tell the story of how we got here? Up to you. I'm going to tell the story. So one day, my boss, our boss, came up to me and said, you're a pastor's kid. You can sing, right? And I was like, well... Yeah. Like I used to sing in weddings. I was in choirs back in the day. I've led worship at my church, but I haven't sung in like, I don't know, like 12 years yeah. because I mean, I moved to Nashville and people can like really <laughs> sing. Here. I'm from the backwoods. If you can hold a tune, they were like, you're destined for American Idol. And then I left my small town and I was like, I can barely sing. Look <laughs> at all these other people. So I don't do it anymore. And life is just crazy. And so he said, well, we need someone to sing the national anthem at, at something that Way FM's doing. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I literally laughed and I was like, I'm not doing that alone. I'll do it with somebody. Maybe if like another air talent comes with me or something. So I hoped he would drop it. He brought it up again a month ago and he said uh, they really actually want you to sing the anthem and I was like this sounds terrible. Like, I don't want to do it and he said well here's what I'm thinking. He goes this would be hilarious on the air for your show if they say no because it's like American Idol you could play it for the, the listeners let people vote on if you're good enough all these things and I was like yeah I could I would love that for show content and he's like and if they say yes it'd be great content too and I was like they're not gonna say yes so then it, the next step is he goes you have to record yourself singing the anthem this Becca, is my favorite part have you ever sung the anthem uh not intentionally I get I mean I've sung along yeah but, but never. I've never been like okay can I do this? I went in the studio. I literally put it off so long. He was like, you have to send it today. They have to listen and say if you're good enough. And I knew they would say no. And it's kind of hard to do something when you know it's going to be bad. But I was like, whatever. This is going to be funny. So I went in the studio to do it. And um, you need some serious breath support to sing that song. And because I haven't sung in so long, I don't have it. So I got so dizzy. I thought I was going to pass out just trying to sing it. So I took a break. And you can do that. We edit audio. So I sang the first half, took a break. And then I sang the big finish. 
and then I edited it together and I sent it off. Well, they said yes. <laughs> I'm devastated. And this is my favorite part. So I'm in the studio with her when she gets this news. And it's Ugh. for the Portland Trailblazers Faith and Family Night. I guess uh, Way FM's doing a faith and yeah, we do faith and family nights at sporting events once in a blue moon. So, Normally at like I did one uh, in Birmingham with the Barons, their their minor league baseball team. So this was the real time reaction when she opened she opened her email. She claps her hand over her <laughs> mouth. I start recording because I'm like, well, this is good, and then this conversation happens. <laughs> what news did you just get? <gasps> I'm singing the national anthem at a baseball game, I think. Basketball. It's basketball? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I still... So it's an NBA game. It's, like, I don't I think, I I don't think it's NBA. Say. No, it's NBA. Is it NBA? It's, it's televised. Back off. They're not going to televise my anthem. I think the anthems have been too controversial, you know, with people kneeling and stuff. So they don't show people singing the anthem. But it's literally... In fact, one of our coworkers. Was I didn't realize they were an NBA team. <laughs> one of my coworkers was trying to make me feel better, and he was like, "I'm, so I'm sure that the stadium can't hold that many people." And he looked it up, and he was like, twenty thousand. But oh, like, girl, I've oh. been in front of three thousand people once, and I got so physically sick before I went on, I almost couldn't do it. But I here's the problem: I don't say no very well. We need to talk about all these things in the podcast. I don't say no very well, and the problem was I'd said so many yeses at this point, I really can't say no. So my flight is booked. I'm going. I haven't practiced one time because I'm too scared, but I am gonna look fly. I'm gonna go get a new outfit. <laughs> That's all that matters. It's confidence. Like, as and long as I can squeak out a couple of notes. <clears throat> someone gave you good advice that if you get to a point where you can't go anymore, just do like a car, like a crowd directional, like, like okay, everyone, everyone sing, and the I'm really not very good. This is going to be really bad. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm so freaked out. I'm so sorry. Do you know what the date of it is off the top of your head? It's m- the end of March. Like, I can look real- March 23rd. Be in prayers. Yes. And if you're in Portland... Come and sing really loudly Word. for our girl. Bring me an upchuck bag, please. Nothing. I'm going to get support. <laughs> I've never even been to an NBA game. I don't even know what they do there. I'm going to freak out. I'm so sorry, It's girl. fine. It's fine. It'll be cool. It'll, It'll be, be a memory. I'm going to tell my kid mom's brave, and I'm going to do it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think maybe today's therapy segment could be useful for yes, you in this please. regard. So every week we kind of cover what we've learned in therapy. And this week we're talking about imposter syndrome, something that I think a lot of us, especially maybe as women, struggle with this more of just feeling like you don't belong. Even if you know you're qualified, you know you have the schooling and the training, someone hands you the keys and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should be able to do Mm -hmm. this. It is crippling. And so one of the things for me, at least when it comes to imposter syndrome is when I'm in a position, I feel like I can't fail because then everyone will find out, oh, you're a fraud. Yes. So that's where the source of it is for me, is that I feel like everything I do has to be a success so I can prove to myself and the world that I'm not an imposter. I like that you said to yourself, it's almost like we don't think we can do it. So then if, if we fail, we've failed ourselves too, which feels deeper. Right. And so my therapist gave me some advice. She's like, this comes from the tech world. They have signs all over Google, apparently, that say things like, break things. And the whole point is you can't know what's right until you break a few things. So another phrase that they use is, fail fast and fail forward. 
Because when they're building computer programs, I mean, remember the, the computer games or programs we used as kids? They were archaic. Like, it was yeah. the worst graphics. You just have to put something out into the world sometimes, and that's the only way you're going to be able to get information back. You can't be crippled by doing something. You have to just put something in the world, collect the information from it, and then move forward. And so that's hard. That's easier said than done. But she also said, she said, success as you're building your life and your career, success is your bricks, but failure is your mortar. And Whoa. you really cannot have one without the other. Oh, so no, I need to fail some. <laughs> I just don't like to take risks. That's not my I, personality. I agree. But I want to raise a kid that is brave and tries things and knows failure's okay. So, oh my gosh, me going and singing the anthem is that exactly because if I fail, I can be like, mommy tried. She was yeah. pretty positive she was going to fail, but she thought, what the hey? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared. I can't even talk I'm about I'm so it. sorry. I'm so sorry. I Okay, side note. I was, when we were talking about our messy moments, Joy had this other story planned. I'm like, you're going to do your anthem story, right? And she's like, no. That's how much I, I don't want to talk about it because then it becomes like an actual thing that's going to happen. But I know it will. And it, when it's over, I'm sure I'm going to be like, that was such a cool experience. I don't, nobody gets that kind of opportunity. No. So I don't want to say no to it just because I'm scared. I'm going to try to stand up. And I like that you're talking about this, Becca, because every woman that I've talked to since we started talking about imposter syndrome has said something that falls in line with that. We got to interview an amazing author that you will hear soon. And she's an NFL player's wife. She just wrote this killer book. She and, has seven kids. Yeah. Clearly a bunch boss woman and she said that when the idea for a book came or somebody asked her about it that she thought I don't have anything to say yeah like I don't think it's gonna do well and we both read it it's amazing it's a powerful book so I think that that's also a tactic that the enemy uses against us oh, for things sure. like what if you fail or yeah. what if you have nothing to say or what if people think you're a fraud and we just need to be like so what? That doesn't identify us. Like, because the only way that others are able to get ahead is because they have failed. Mm -hmm. They've done something and it it's messed up. It's messed up their confidence, but then they can take that information and build on it and put out a better product or put out a better whatever it is. Don't you think it's harder to fail now because of social media? It feels like our lives, a lot of the things we could fail at could be seen by others as opposed to being even maybe a little more private. And that's just scary. It's it scary, scary that other people could see you attempt something and then be like, well, that didn't work at all. And I think the thing that I need to get out of my head is when it comes to imposter syndrome, I am assuming that everyone is waiting for me to fail. And I don't think they are. I think they're, they have confidence in me because they put me in this position. Yes. And I just need to accept that failure might be a part of it. And if I fail, they'll be like, well, she won't do that again. And that's that's the worst of it, you know? Ooh, I like this conversation. Even this conversation is making me feel less afraid Good. of the idea of trying things. But <laughs> still scared. <laughs> On to our mess and bless of the week. Do you want to go first with your mess? Yes. Okay. Uh, a little boy, nine years old snuck onto a plane this week and flew 2,000 miles away from oh. his parents. This is especially How terrifying. Is possible? Emmanuel is a sassy little nine-year-old. Uh, he's from Brazil. His mom literally, this is what's so terrifying because I have a little boy now and he's insane. His mom tucked him into bed and then went in in the morning and was like, he's not here. Uh. Apparently, he got up very early. 
and decided he just like wanted to go on a trip, uh, snuck out of the house, made his way to a nearby airport, and somehow boarded a plane without a ticket. I guess because when you're that young, they imagine that like you're with somebody. Right. So he walked on with some people. Yeah. How do, I mean, don't they usually check? Like, is is where, oh, point no. to your mommy and daddy? I just saw something in this article I'd not seen before. This nine-year-old had previously Googled how to get on a plane unnoticed. I'm scared of my kid. Keep (laughs) Judah from the internet. Just don't even allow him on it. Just stay far, far away, I'm so pumped the parents were able to find him. His mom was, like, distraught, and apparently he loves travel, and he just thought this would be, like, such a grand adventure. There's no history of violence in the family. It's nothing like that he was running away from. (laughs) In fact, he was, like, so proud that he, like, got somewhere. So he just wanted to fly on an airplane, and boy, did he. So terrifying. What about yours? Oh, I am so excited for mine. This comes from an episode of Wheel of Fortune this week. Oh, do you watch that? Uh, on occasion and we happened to catch this episode and then it kind of blew up online afterwards so I had to pull audio and tell you about this so it's the end of the puzzle everything is revealed on the board except the last word so it's another feather in your blank and it even has one letter so it's blank a blank last word right another feather in your Blank. Okay, so uh, up first is Laura, and she takes a guess at what that word is supposed to be. I'll solve. Okay. Another feather in your hat. Nope. Not quite. You Do you know what that is? I know what is? it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so then now we get up to Christopher, who he spins and decides to guess a letter. G. No G. Okay. Then we go on to Thomas, who has the worst luck of all of them. Uh-oh, the bankrupt contract. <gasps> yeah. Why didn't he just guess? He got bankrupt, so he didn't even... Oh, he didn't yeah, he it. didn't... Yeah, he couldn't guess. have just said, I'm going to solve the puzzle? I didn't even think puzzle? about that. What's wrong with these people? How many things could it be? We okay. know. Oh, it's, it keeps going. So then we're back to Laura. Try to solve the puzzle. I'll solve. Okay. Another feather in your lap. No. <laughs> So it's just getting worse and worse. Okay, so we are back around to Christopher, who guesses another letter. D. No. Thomas. (laughs) Thomas is bankrupt does what? So Thomas was bankrupt last round, so he is going to spin again. This time, he is going to get the lose a turn blank. Oh, no. Thomas, I think the wheel got... Laura, you have another opportunity here. You can spin the wheel. You can try to solve the puzzle. What do you want to do? So she decides that she is going to spin, and then she goes to... Oh, no. Yeah. So she spins, and she adds a letter to the board. So we're, we're like, okay, we're getting somewhere. A P? Yeah. Yes, there's a P. Yeah, girl. Okay, you got this. You got this. Ready to solve? Spin or solve. I will solve. Okay. What could it be? Another feather in your map. What? <laughs> Sis. <laughs> It was a total of nine rounds before poor Thomas, who had kept spinning bankrupt and then lose a turn, finally guessed it correctly. But I just... Another feather in your cap, yes, right? Yes, See, is... I knew it immediately. And then I was like, how could she guess anything other than cap? In your map? So, so... But here's the thing. We can sit here and be like, I can't believe you didn't get it. If I was on that show, I would be like, I wouldn't even have words. Oh, for sure. The pressure probably gets to you. So, I, you know, no judgment. Half of us are talking. Thomas in that situation. I I know that if I were on Wheel of Fortune, I would be so blinded by the lights that I'd be like, uh, a Z? And they're like, that, 
There's still no Z, Becca. Stop <laughs> guessing dumb letters. I would just be like, just, just glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> on to our bless of the week. And this week, especially with everything that's been going on, Joy and I wanted to combine our blesses and talk about Ukraine because it mm-hmm. has been especially hard to watch the news. And there's just not a lot that we can say. There's not a lot that we can do. But we wanted to highlight a few of the stories that maybe you've seen going around social media and just talk about them, especially when it comes to President Zelensky. So he We're is, all obsessed. Oh, he has become this overnight hero for how he's handling this. First of all, instead of being evacuated with his family, he decided to stay and fight, which from the get-go is admirable. And then you start to dig in on him a little bit more. He started as a comedian. Then he was an actor, which you discovered one of his roles. Yeah, he was the voice of Paddington Bear. Ukrainian Paddington Bear. <laughs> because when I first read that, I was like, I know Paddington's voice. I feel like we're friends. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's not in English. When he so, dubbed it. Yeah. Yes, he dubbed it for Ukraine. And he did such a fantastic job. I just, it's amazing to me that someone who's a comedian, who is an actor, a voiceover artist, someone that apparently didn't have a lot of like good good things in the eyes of the Ukrainian people. Yeah. He's now just become so honored for the way that he's been brave. Well, the other ironic part is one of his acting roles. He was in a show oh, yeah. where he played the part of someone who accidentally becomes president. That's perfect. <laughs> and then fast forward. And then during his inauguration address in 2019, he told lawmakers, because usually, you know, it, it happens here. It happens in just about every country that when someone becomes president, you put their picture up in every public building, Right. He told them, I do not want my pictures in your offices. The president is not an icon, an idol, or a portrait. Hang your kids' photos instead and look at them each time you are making a decision. That's powerful. Which is just, I mean, if you think about it, that is far more motivating than some guy in a frame, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and then there's other really beautiful stories that are coming out of Ukraine as well. Yeah, Airbnb is actually working to help. There have been, there's probably going to be about, I'm trying to remember, I want to make that sure the number's right, 500,000 refugees that are pouring out of the country just in the last week or so. These people who are fleeing, trying to be safe. Yeah. And Airbnb decided to do something about it. So they're opening up 100,000 of their Airbnbs in the area where these refugees are ending up. And they're going to put them there for free. It's temporary housing, but the idea that families with kids could have a place to lay their head for free yeah. for a time. That's a big deal. And I didn't know that Airbnb actually has a fund that's specifically for refugees in in this situation. And I love Airbnb and I stay with them all the time. And it made me like them as a company even more that they would say, we have no idea what's going to happen to some of these facilities, but we know that they're in need. So they're going to, they have a hundred thousand available, but man, it still makes us pray for those 400,000 people that are looking for somewhere to lay their head tonight. It's also good to know that, because I mean, conflict breaks out constantly around the globe to know that this resource is available and for others that it. they're working with it and then finally because we hated on him in a previous episode i also wanted to share that elon musk who is yes! the billionaire he decided to activate free spacex starlink satellite internet in ukraine one of the officials asked him like hey we could use some help here can you help people stay connected and he's like yeah, I got you. It's turned on. You're good to go. And I think that is the kind of thing that not all of us have billions of dollars, obviously, but just seeing a need and saying, 
okay, yes, I, I can help with this and I'm mm-hmm. going to do it right now. Even that he did it, I don't know if you saw the Twitter exchange, but the guy who reached out was not very kind. He was like, <laughs> you're putting people in space and here people have missiles yeah. on, like sh- shooting at us. And he was not kind in the way he asked. And I don't think he expected anything back. Yeah. And for Elon Musk just to tweet back and be like, it's done. Yeah. It's like a picture of the truck. And I'm like, how does Elon get stuff like that done? Like, I mean, yeah. It's almost like he works through Amazon Prime to get them there. I don't understand. Wrong billionaire, Joy. Wrong billionaire. I'm just excited that billionaires, they could be more evil, and this one doesn't seem to be, and I'm grateful for that. At least this time. We're keeping an eye on you, Musk. That's right. Thanks so much for listening. If you got something out of this episode, would you consider sharing it with a friend and leaving us a review? If you have anything you'd like to share with us, email us, holymess at wayfm.com. And that is spelled holy, H-O-L-Y, not like that holy swish cheese. <laughs> Thanks so much for being a part of our messy family.